0: Welcome to SME Funding. My name is Lynette Nduli, the Chief Executive Officer of Unet Investment Solutions. Each week, we try to demystify the complex world of SME Funding, and we often talk and refer to the issue of the language of funding. Well, in conversation with me, as usual, is my co-presenter, Kumaran Padiachi of Spartan. Kumaran, how are you doing today?
1: Very well, isn't it?
0: All right. So, Kumaran, let's start with our first term. Now, in our last glossary episode, we started, we stopped on about alphabet E. So, let's start with executive summary and what you have come to understand of the importance of the summary in the world of funding.
1: Executive summary is a written document, typically one to two pages, that summarizes uh, the funding need, and your business overview. So very quickly, in a matter of say okay, one to two pages, a funder can get the gist before reading your 20 or 200-page business plan. Uh, in a previous glossary episode, we talked about the elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. That would be the verbal thing or the three-liner, if you will, very quick, 30 seconds. This is a little bit more detail. Think about it. A funder... They're getting applications uh, for funding with reams of information, hundreds of those, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: they get a bit tedious reading these things. So, they just
0: don't have time.
1: Yeah. So this is a very quick two-pager mm-hmm. for them to get the gist and they buy into it and say, if it piques the interest, then they'll say, then I will invest the rest of the hours to check through that whole thick word of documents after that. So your, your two-pager wins it or loses mm. it just on that alone.
0: Now, a lot of people often confuse an executive summary um, as an opening paragraph or even a cover letter. No. And what you're basically saying to us, Kamaran, is that the executive summary must act as a quick and easy reference or a dashboard where the funder can very quickly say, this is the problem they solve, this is what they need funding for, yeah. this is how they intend to repay me, and this is why I should fund them.
1: That's it. It's a summary of the business plan and the need. Think of it as a trailer for a movie, mm. right? So, yeah, what is the objective of that trailer?
0: To get me in the cinema.
1: That's it, to say I've got a choice in Christmas time to watch all these different movies. Mm-hmm. Why should I spend two hours of my time going to watch that one? Mm-hmm. And so that, it's a, that, that's the trailer, you know, it's to attract.
0: So it's about writing to a captive audience, engaging them immediately and making sure that they actually want to read yeah. your 200-page file of research and your business model and everything else. They can
1: call it, there's also other names for it. It can be called sometimes a teaser, a okay. teaser document, the two-pager, it can be called that, so it's different, but that's the essence of what it is here. Yeah.
0: All right. Thank you very much for that, Kumaran. Our next word today is exit.
1: Can you tell us about that?
0: Well, exit is about leaving the transaction that brings two parties together in the first place. And it's a term that's often used where, if you have, in financing your business, have allowed your financing partner to also become an equity shareholder Mm. in your business. And this specifically refers to the period in time When your financing agreement has ended or you've now reached the end of all of your commitments and it's time for them to leave. Or simply, whether they're an equity partner or not, simply the point in time where your funding agreement and your transaction has come to an end. So it's everybody leaving. So it's an event. It's an event. It's just an event. Point in time. There we go. Now, over and above that is the issue of exit strategy. And yes. I know Kumaran and myself had a very interesting conversation about the difference between just leaving and building a process to leaving and why that's important for you. Exit strategy, Kumaran.
1: Yeah, so exit strategy refers to a plan, generally preconceived, obviously, mm-hmm. by either your investor, a private equity fund, or venture capital uh, a fund, or it can even be yourself, you know, or one of your partners. But... In the context of funding, we're really talking about your your investor. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they have their own rules mm-hmm. about when they want to exit and what basis they want to exit. Uh, and, and the exit strategy is about what what their plans are.
0: Now, a lot of people, Kamaran, generally don't draw up an exit strategy at the point of entry because simply they believe that at the point when things will end, they will simply end Or they perhaps believe that perhaps this is an evergreen relationship. And as we know, all good things come to an end at some point. So what should typically be in your exit strategy? And what should you be looking out for um, in the exit strategies of your funding
1: partners? So uh, what's important is that uh, realize that a venture capitalist will have a certain short-range exit strategy, as an Mm -hmm. example. Private equity may be a bit longer, mm-hmm. but whatever it may be is that I would ask them. Mm-hmm. If I was the SME entrepreneur, I would ask them, like, then what specifically is your exit strategy? Have that understood. See if that aligns with your preconceived plans for where the business is going. Mm-hmm. Don't simply just take the money out and we'll deal with that later. Mm-hmm. If their plans for exit may be uh, venture capital may say, well, build the business up to this level and sell it to a trade player or a listing and that may not be in your plans mm. then we have a you have a problem so ascertain that up front mm. see if it aligns with what you want to do mm-hmm. if it not then don't consummate the relationship mm-hmm. and and thirdly i would say uh, plan for it my my take on it is not it's not something that's overly scripted and documented okay. it's more a a meeting of minds mm-hmm. and there's some flexibility you know mm-hmm. in terms of how and when that can happen it's not something that's necessarily always documented, right? Um, but the, 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 the funder's exit will be based on a price. Yes. So where you exit mm. determines whether you can get them their price or not. Mm. So that's where your hands may be tied. So it's, one is to understand their exit strategy and also what kind of uh, return at, that they want the out. The point
0: of return that they want to get out. Yeah. So... Exit strategy is still important to have no matter what size your business is, particularly if you're looking at funding and a point and end, at a point in time where you will end a funding contract or even a funding arrangement with the partner. Mm. All right. So our next term is expansion stage business. So I'm gonna grapple with that one. So we've spoken quite a lot. Um, on the program about startups as well as early-stage businesses, which are typically businesses in year naught to 3 of their existence. So an expansion-stage business becomes one that has now breached the three-year mark, and is not only looking just at the core at which it started, but is now looking at different areas of value, different services, products that it can now begin to stretch itself into. But expansion could also mean not just services, but it could also mean your internal lay of the land and how you wish to expand that, whether it's people, um, equipment, looking at the expansion of your funding and finance. Perhaps you've got existing arrangements that you can now stretch a little bit based on leveraging your assets. And um, your balance sheets, um, leveraging your cash flows as well as in the business, to now begin to look at how you can bring in more working capital and to suit your different needs of growth yeah. in that particular business.
1: It does um, require more planning. Eh? Like one uh-huh. of the previous episodes we interviewed a business, Isipo Capital, mm. and um, they had a need for initial capital to, to acquire and buy, mm. but now that the dust has settled and they've bedded down this acquisition, yes. now they want to put up multiple layers. Mm. And it's a slightly different uh, funding plan to just going and getting normal maintenance uh, capital.
0: So it's about planning for expansion. It's about finding different mechanisms that you can begin expansion as well, because I don't think all your expansion needs can be met by specifically seeking funding. But if you have a plan, then you can look at ways to bridge those all important gaps in growth. Well, at this point in time, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, me and Kamara will continue on the journey of the language of funding. Welcome back to SME Funding. Kumaran and I today are going through our glossary as we build on our language around the funding space. So, Kumaran, we were talking about expansion stage businesses, um, and we delved in terms of that. It's obviously a business that is now beyond year three, and it's a business that's growing. But what would an expansion entail? What are the elements and the building blocks that tell us it's time to expand and these are the areas in which we need to build into?
1: Well, in terms of time to expand, that will be determined by the entrepreneur's own drive, ambitions, the strategies, understanding of the landscape. Mm. So that's that's on them. Mm. But what it entails for business now is very different from simply normal maintenance mode getting funding. you Because know, yes. think about it. If your business is, is, is doing this and you need an overdraft of a million rand, that's okay. But if you're planning to acquire other companies, open up other branches... Pitch for significant more projects, your business is going to be growing, mm. uh, and you need a high that funding level. That million rand needs to go to three million rand, five million rand, and the like. Mm. So the implications for your fundraising and your planning is very different. You're almost like you you go into like a project mode, yes, of uh, of perpetual uh, securing this type of funding, as opposed to I have a once-off need. Let me sort that funding need. And that's done
0: so a, a once off funding need would be we need to buy a piece of equipment to fulfill a specific job that's once off
1: yeah, or I need to replace this Bucky or I just need an overdraft that's and and that's okay. and that's that and then i'll I'll probably never see them again for another year mm. you know that's that's maintenance mode, and so some of the implications is is that there's a lot more planning uh, we always say funding applications you require to plan, mm. but for expansion stage business definitely more because mm. you have to. Model these things out in terms of your cash flows and projections are even more serious now than than anything else, mm. and 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 I think it requires a lot more financial skill there. Mm-hmm. And then you need to see, uh, do you need to bring in a partner in, equity partner? Can you strategize to not have an equity partner? Like uh, the previous uh, mm-hmm. uh, interview we did a while back with the SIPO, he said that uh, he wants a business that can wash its own face. Yes. In that way, they don't have to be contributing too much of equity each time. This is all part of the design in the expansion phase, mm, right?
0: Mm, mm. So what I'm getting from... Our conversation here, Kumarin, is that as you expand and as you delve deeper into your planning, you've really got to look at all the pillars of your business. And I almost think about it in terms of the codes, the codes of good practice, that you've got to look at your ownership. Um, is this a debt or an equity transaction? Am I giving away something to get something in return? You've got to look at perhaps who's managing your business? What kind of talents and skills do you need in this business to actually help it reach the targets that you want it to? You've got to start looking at, well, what new skills, what new product ranges and how else are you developing all the different areas, I suppose, um, of, of your enterprise. You've got to look at location. Um, are you in the right place? Could you be expanding into new markets and what does that mean? You've suddenly got to look at all your systems, your processes, yes. your controls. So it's uh, a far more... And you, also
1: cover Yes. Because uh, depending on what industry you're in, mm-hmm. your balance sheet or income statement can support a certain level of funding, mm. depending on your sector you're in, right? So now you've got to be mindful of that. There's no point saying I've got all these expansion plans and I need all these increasing levels of funding, mm. but – your balance sheet capital structure or your income statement with your, your ability to service the debt doesn't support that. Mm. So that's it's got to, so there's a lot of engineering involved. There's a lot finance. of
0: aligning of your own stars, as it were. Mm. Okay. Okay. So as we now move on to the next term, free cash flow. Mm. Now with this particular term, I've always had a lot of different questions around it, but free cash flow is. Essentially, cash flow that you're not using towards working capital, that you're not using to perhaps service existing debt, but it's cash flow that's unencumbered, that has no commitments in your business. Is there even such a thing?
1: Yeah, well, what it means technically, first of all, and colloquially, right? So mm. colloquially, it means can it wash its own face, huh. right? Can the cash flows of the business after... All its trading and whatever it is, the surplus cash flow that's available mm. to pay the either the dividends or the financing. Yes, that's what's available to service the debt. Mm. So that's the most important part. Otherwise, if it's running short, you have to you have to contribute as the entrepreneur a bit more equity or something to make that uh, more, more more viable.
0: Kamaran, where would you typically find free cash flow on your balance sheets?
1: So, in your financial uh, uh, statements, mm-hmm. uh, audited financial statements, annual financial statements, it typically starts off. There's a bit of introduction pages, and then it goes to all the notes. But there's typically three or four pages of big numbers in the beginning. The one, the first one is generally the balance sheet. Mm-hmm. The second one is the income statement, and the third or fourth one is the cash flow statement. Yes. And so the cash flow statement has got s- uh, certain sections, and one of them would be the free cash flow section. People generally avoid it, don't pay attention to it, and, and but that's where the problem lies for SMEs. It's the lack of understanding that statement.
0: That you've actually got to put, that you've, understanding the statement, or that you've got to make allowances for free cash flow?
1: First of all is understanding the statement. Uh Then you can uh, know what changes to make in your business so you Mm -hmm. can maximize the net operating cash and Uh the free cash flow and and all of that. So I would say the knowledge first before you then...
0: Before the actual application
1: of free cash flow.
0: Now, in some instances, Kamara, and some businesses would maybe look at free cash flow as a, could I almost call it a liquid reserve? Could you even classify it as that?
1: Yeah, you could, it's not quite, it's not maybe quite you're talking reserve. about the same thing, but it's, a, it's, a, it's the surplus that's left over mm. after all its normal business. Mm. So, okay, this is what I can use now to service my, to pay the, the debt. Mm. So think about it. If you borrow a million rand uh-huh. and the repayments are 30,000 rand a month, yes. is there enough cash flow every month mm-hmm. to pay that 30,000 rand?
0: All right. And what would you typically do with your free cash flow? Um, would you perhaps reduce your interest on, execu- uh, on existing, perhaps capital debt? I just can think of so many different ways in which you can plug it in and around your business.
1: Well, generally it's used to service your debt. Uh, but if you don't do that, it's also available to uh, to pay something on the other part of the capital structure, mm-hmm. which is a dividend on the on the to the equity, you know, to the shareholders. Mm-hmm. So it can be used for that, or just simply conserved in the bank for the next for the next thing.
0: All right. Well, our cash flow statement is certainly a whole nother episode of SME funding and breaking down all the nitty gritties of what you need to understand and what cash flow actually means in your business once you understand those line items. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to SME Funding, and today we carry on, on our conversation on decoding the language around funding. Kumaran, our next word, leveraged buyout. So we often hear this word um, in the sophisticated deals, and they love it in financial journals. But what does it actually mean to you and I? Yeah,
1: So leveraged buyout, or another the acronym they use is LBO, mm-hmm. but it refers to a type of Acquisition finance. Mm-hmm. It's a mechanism uh, used when you are buying a business mm-hmm. as an external part, when you're buying a business. And so what does it entail? What does this definition entail? So let's assume you're buying a business okay. and there's a lot of assets in there. It could be a property. It could be a plant and machinery, freehold mm-hmm. equipment. It could be a debtor's book. So it's a it's a group of assets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what it entails is using those assets mm-hmm fixed assets in that business that you're buying as collateral with the funder to get the funding. Mm. And then the cash flow of the business can service that funding. Uh That's what that means. Mm -hmm. So it would minimize the amount of funding that uh, you as a acquirer of the business Mm -hmm. needs to contribute. So, Bora
0: Bora, so what I'm learning from this is that if you're using assets that you don't already own to raise funding to own them in the first place, it pretty much means your due diligence has got to be rock solid. Yes. Because you've got to make sure that what it is that you're promising, in spite of not owning it just yet, yes. does in fact exist and is able to serve the needs that you've put it forward for. Yes, before.
1: yes. And, uh, you know, the thing is leverage barred is only possible mm. in certain types of businesses. Let's be yes. clear. So yes, yes. let's say you're buying a service-based business. You can't really do a leverage bout because... What assets does a service-based business have? Generally not, Mm, you know. Maybe mm, a debtor's mm. book at best, uh, but generally not. But
0: generally a debtor's book is just not strong enough a case. You
1: can. I mean, if it's not, uh, a services business would have geared that. It would have borrowed an overdraft for debtor's financing against it anyway. Mm, So mm. it, it needs unencumbered. Uh, uh, assets generally, or, mm-hmm. or there's very got low, it's uh, low loans against it. Mm. So it, it should be ideally a freehold building, mm. or ideally freehold equipment, or a freehold debtors book. Mm. And let's say those things are collectively fifty million rand, mm. and then you need to pay the seller of the yes. business fifty million rand. Mm-hmm. And so the bank may say, "Oh wow, uh, we can lend you forty million against those assets. You only need to contribute." 10, Ten million of your of your own, of, of your own capital, and mm-hmm. forty million we will lend you. That's as an example of how it's a very efficient way of of uh, of raising of la- of raising funding.
0: And 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 what do we find are the indicators of that efficiency? Because I know for some people that that absolutely battle to even bridge that small gap that you have to contribute
1: yourself. So where are the
0: efficiencies?
1: It's the fact that you've got an asset in which mm. to leverage mm. that minimises. Otherwise, and you would the have risks? had to write a check for the fifty million yourself.
0: And the risks, of course.
1: The it risk is that like the cash flows from turned, the, bus- the if the cash flows from the business can't mm. service that forty million mm-hmm. role, then you've got a problem. The next one we're talking about is managed buyout.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you
1: want to chat about? So that? let me
0: chat about that. So a managed buyout is slightly different, or perhaps similar, from a leveraged buyout in the sense that the people in the business decide to then take over the business. And that's typically your very senior executives in a business and the people who, from an operational perspective on a day-to-day business, intimately understand this business, but now want to buy out the existing directors of a business and run the business as directors themselves. Um, I've generally seen this as a plus because you get to retain the all-important intellectual property, the skills base, as well as the talent in the business that's necessary to continue the business. Because we've certainly seen instances where you sell a business, you leave the business, and you're generally also the heart and soul of the business, and you leave with that heart and soul of the business, and the business just caves in behind you. So it's always great where the people in the business who understand it at its best and at its worst choose to stay but now want to take and assume greater risk and responsibility and be responsible yeah. for its continuity and sustainability.
1: And where it would apply, uh, let's use some examples mm. or one example. It would be, let's say you've got a business that's quite viable, has been mm. established, is going for a while, and you've got a management team that is a bit uh, younger, yes. let's say in their 40s mm. uh, or something like that, and then you've got the owners of the business yes. that are past or at retirement age. Yes. So they either want to leave the country may, yes. or maybe they want to retire mm. or something or the other. Some healthy kids shit. want their business. And now and they're and like, okay, who do we sell this? I need to find a mm. buyer. And here you've got, they've got four people in the executive team that know the business quite well, mm. that are uh, driven. And so this is where it forms a natural exit. So the, these managers end up buying out the retiring mm. or escaping shit over <laughs> Right. And and one of the tools they can use is what we talked about earlier on the leverage buyout. Mm. So generally, think about it: if the managers in the business are they likely to have the, um, the big check? They're not, right? Because they're not. not in business; they just they're the executive management there. Mm. So what would help is that if the business already has assets. Mm. So let's assume, yes, use an example: ah. it's fifty million rand that they need to pay pay the retiring or escaping uh, entrepreneur, mm-hmm. uh, right, shareholder. Um, and if the assets are 40 million rand, so they can get uh, they can refinance that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the shareholder can say, okay, he'll carry them for a
0: period of time for the
1: balance or mm. whatever it is, and they can contribute maybe a few million rand. So that's how something like that can be structured mm. to affect a management. It's, it's quite creative engineering.
0: So it, it's quite a nice um, incentive, particularly where you've got very talented and very skilled individuals who see themselves not only as um, employers, but then as potential directors and drivers of the future um, of a business. So here's the other thing that I was quite interested in as we talked about a management buyout. We often see things like um, employment Uh, employee um, schemes Mm. being now included into the shareholding of businesses. And they create the scheme so that um, employees in a business can benefit from not just their salaries, but also from the dividends and all the different attributes of the returns of a particular business. Um, And that often, that employee scheme often has a value. And I assume then the employee scheme Um, is locked into some form of a management buyout, even though the levels of management are different. Am I correct in that view? In the sense that in structuring the value and in structuring in terms of how they will buy that equity back, or is it rather a gift?
1: I think more gift. It's it's, it's, I would gift. put it, the employee share scheme, very different from a management bio. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're completely different and mm-hmm. they would not serve the same purpose. You couldn't finance them the same way and be very difficult to leverage anything within the business to support that. Simplistic. Thank you for that clarity, mm-hmm. Kumaran. What is your tip of the week related to the language of
1: funding? So this is a glossary episode, one in an enduring series of them. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Though we're talking about uh, funders' language, inadvertently at times, especially in this episode, we're talking about the terms, the mechanisms, rather. The actual mechanisms, Mm. the different options of getting funding. So here it is. If you don't know the mechanism, you can't solve your funding problem. So my tip is get to know the mechanism and you get to solve your funding problem.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Kumaran, for that tip of the week. Well, to our viewers at home, Perhaps you have a term that you've heard and you're grappling with and you can't find the proper definition or even the application of this particular word in the language of funding um, in your own space. Email us your question on SME funding at bdtv.co.za and Kamara and I will definitely try to make sure that in our next glossary episode, it's in there especially for you. Follow the conversation on Funding for SMEs at funding underscore SME if you are on social media. And you're welcome to watch previous episodes of SME Funding on the Business Day website as well as on YouTube. Until the next time, we look forward to you joining us again. Thank you.